0: Please turn with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6, our text tonight will be verses 7 to 12. Really concentrating more probably on verse 7 than any of the rest, but those of course will flow into the context and help us to see the importance of what verse 7 is teaching us. We had looked at last Wednesday of what it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and the importance of understanding this because of this very next verse that comes that we're going over tonight. As as parents, as adults, we need to understand how to love the Lord rightly. So we love Him with our heart. We love Him with everything we say. We love Him with the work that we do. We love Him with the resources that we have that we may bless others. We love Him with everything that is in us so that our children or those young people around us understand this let me let me say this understand this even if you do not have children or your children are done and grown and they're gone or whatever you, you this is still important to understand because as a church family you are an adult within this congregation and you have young people that are here that are looking to adults for examples regardless if they're your child or they're not and so it cannot be overstated the importance that, uh, that this pertains to all of us. As we are indeed, we're not just individual islands unto ourselves. We are a church family. And so it is necessary that we show an, an example of what it is to love the Lord your God, our God, with all of our heart, soul, and might. The command that is given to Moses, to the children of Israel, this second generation that is getting ready to go into the promised land, this command is given of all the things that he has said thus far, teach your children. There are numerous passages of scripture about speaking, uh, that, that speak of children. It's all through the scripture. Of training them, of rearing them, instructing them. All of that kind of language that is there. Instructing the parents on, on teaching the children, on, on keeping the Lord's day and making it holy so that the very next commandment will, will be something that flows out of what the parents are already doing. That we keep the, the Sabbath day holy and then the next command after that is for the children to honor your parents. Honor your father and your mother. Well, the fifth one, as one theologian pointed out, is dependent upon the fourth one. When it comes to the commandments. Instructing our children. Raising them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Not provoking them to wrath. There are so many passages of scripture that speak of how we should be parenting the children. There are passages of scripture that are specifically to children. Now think of this. Think of the importance of this. That the Lord God Almighty, as he, is, as he is giving His Word through all of these writers of Scripture, has certain passages of Scripture that are specifically aimed at the children, where the Lord is speaking to the children. They are absolutely important in the sight of God. Honor your father and your mother. The Proverbs have plenty to say when it comes The children heeding the words of their parents. Paul speaks of it. Obey your parents in the Lord. These These are things that are specifically stated to the children. That are dependent upon the parent parenting correctly when it comes to the children. The Lord uses children as examples of those who enter the kingdom humbly. Many of those passages that we read of. In the Psalms, how the psalmist says that children are heritage to the Lord. The importance of children in the sight of God is very great. We need to recognize that. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the other things of of being adults and speaking to one another. uh, When it comes to the the great things of God, speaking theology to one another. All of this kind of thing, sharpening one another. But yet we we cannot forget that... This next generation coming up needs to be taught as well that they need to be given attention when it comes to the things of the Lord. We must teach our children how to love the Lord. It's one thing to tell them to love the Lord. It's another thing to show them how. That's why that first portion of Deuteronomy 6 was so vital for us as adults. I'm not going to say as parents. I'm going to say as adults. This is important. Because they're looking to you. They're looking at adults. And the example that is set. Of what it means to love the Lord your God. They have to have something to look to. They have to have someone to look to. Because there are many things that are out here. That will bombard them. That will teach them an aberrant way to love the Lord, which is really no love at all. So they must have a foundation and a standard of what it is to love the Lord their God. And that is dependent upon parents, adults, those who are in the family of God, to love the Lord their God. One writer says, For the love of God to be of the right kind, the commandments of God must be laid to heart and be the constant subject of thought and conversation. He goes on to say the commandments of God were to be an affair of the heart and not merely of the memory. And how important that that is. So as we work our way through this, we're going to see, I pray that we will see the importance of bringing up our children and, and understanding what it is to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and also... Uh, that included in that, of course, in teaching your children is that of family worship. And I have some resources here of what we use in our family worship. I think Sean and April have some, I think Paul have some, because it can be a little overwhelming to, to think, what do we do? What kinds of things do we need? And and it can be very overwhelming. Am I I equipped to teach them? I don't know what to teach them. I don't know what to go by, etc. And there are some wonderful resources to help you that will really do it all for you. As long as you set aside the time and put in some of the study of what is already there for you. This is important that worship doesn't just take place among families on the Lord's Day or only on Wednesday as the lord is worthy of worship much much more than that and it needs to be within our families if you would please stand with me for the reading of god's word and we will read Deuteronomy chapter 6 beginning of verse 7 down to verse 12 this is the inspired and errant authoritative and infallible words of the living god let us give our attention to hear what the scripture says verse 7 <clears throat> You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. Let's pray together. Gracious and merciful God, we come before you. The great, the mighty, the sovereign God, you are all of these and more. We cannot even comprehend uh, the fullness of all your attributes. But, Father, thank you for what you have revealed about yourself to us and what great grace that you have shown when we deserved your great justice. Oh, Father, as we work our way through this passage tonight, Help us to see the importance of being the examples to the children, to the young people. To strive to do what is good and right in your sight throughout our own individual lives. In the life of the church. And to, to be diligent. Not only to be an example for them, but to, to teach them. To teach them of your word. To teach them of your greatness. To teach them of the glorious God the sent his only begotten son to die for us, to live for us, that we may be brought into your favor. Let us see that you are worthy, Father, to be not just worshipped in in the church house itself among the saints, but to be worshipped in our homes. Father, guide our thoughts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. We went over the Shema, which is the hero Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. We have the command, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is for the next generation that is getting ready to go in the promised land. The first generation has died out. The time has come. They're getting ready to go and to enter the land of promise that God has sworn to them. That God has promised them. These are the the final words of Moses to the very people of Israel. Love the Lord your God. Hear this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. There's reasons that he is saying that, of course. He goes on to say, though, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Not just in here that you hear something and then you go on about your business, but that it, it is on your heart so that it affects you to action. The actions are coming in, in view of what you have known and learned about the Lord your God. And the very thing that he is working up to is coming in verse seven. You shall teach them diligently these things that I'm commanding that shall be on your hearts to love the lord your god with all your soul with all your with, with all your heart with all your might these things teach diligently to your sons though it's using the word sons the it's not just for just the boys it is for the children for those that are in the house teach them diligently talk of it now to teach them diligently it means That you shall sharpen them. Is the idea. Sharpen your children. With these truths. That he is commanding them. On this day. It signifies that. That earnest and and frequent instruction. To the children. That it shouldn't just be a. a, a by thought. It it shouldn't just be something that. That you, you think of every now and again. It should be something that you are intentional about. Teaching. The children and teaching them and sharpening them is the idea. Now, the mode in the days that perhaps Moses is giving this discourse would chiefly be oral. It would be teaching them of the things that they themselves have learned. But in any event, whether they had written documents themselves or some form of a writing that they had within the family home, or it was an oral tradition of the things that Moses had said by the word of the Lord. They are passing it on to their children. There's a recurrence of these truths. There's, there's that, that bringing this back up to their memory. Repetitive. Teaching uh, the, to love the Lord your God. Teaching them again how to do it. Teaching them again what it means. There is that, that need to show the children the importance of serving the Lord. Of loving the Lord. Of worshiping the Lord. Of being thankful to the Lord. They must know that. And let's just ask this question for all of us, whether parents, whether adults, can the children that are in this church, can they know the importance of Christ in your life? Do they know that? Can they see that? Is it evident in your life Of your love for Christ more than just coming for services on Sunday and Wednesday? Can they see it? Can they see the realness in you of these truths? Because if you don't believe it, they're not going to believe it. Why would they? Yeah, that was one of the things that they had talked to us about when it comes to to preaching. If you stand before people and you don't believe what you're saying, nobody else is going to believe you. Why would they? If they can't see the realness in you and the genuineness in you and the passion in you of, of these truths of God, why in the world would they listen? That is the same thing when it comes to children. If they don't see that passion in you, If they don't see that genuineness in you. Why would they believe it? It's one thing to give lip service. It's a whole nother thing to order your house. In such a way that God is honored all the time. There is a great need today especially. When it comes to young people because there are so many things. That that. That they face that perhaps many of us did not. When it comes to uh, in, in the school, when it comes to any any shows and radio and, and on and on and on you go, there are so many different ideas of worldviews and philosophies that are being given to children today. And what they need to know is not Bible stories, they need to know the truth. Of sacred scripture. That's the difference. They can come and they can hear Bible stories. And all of that. But if we don't explain to them. This is not just a story. This is a genuine historical fact. That has occurred. Then they go to school. Or they get around to others. And they, they hear this. Well that's Bible stories there. But this is actual fact here. And so what does that do? That, that changes the mind, that boggles the mind. They need to have a solid worldview. An answer to the things that they face every day. Does that mean that they're going to listen and follow it completely? No, it is not. But it is still necessary for parents... And friends and adults to instill in them a solid worldview that they think through the issues that they face today. And that comes through receiving a a true understanding of the scripture and a true understanding of God. A true understanding of the Christian life. A true understanding of the worldview of the Christian faith altogether. It, It is needful for all of this. And that worldview is not going to be developed just in the times that you come here. That worldview is going to be developed in your children as you take time and as friends of the family take time to instill in them the the, the, the attention that they need to speak to them, to speak to what they're going through, to speak to the situations and the circumstances that they find themselves in through the lens of the Scripture. I mean, think of this. Teach them diligently Sharpen the children. Sharpen them with the word of God. And look what else he says here. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. What's the point? The point is basically everywhere at all times. All the time. Talk to your children. Talk to the children. That idea of that sit in your house, when you sit in your houses, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, this is this is the time uh, of meals. This is your leisure time. This is the time we're getting ready to go to bed. This is the time' they're rising up. This is the time when you're riding in the car, going somewhere. There is numerous times in which you can you can speak to your children and, and speak to them through the lens of the sacred scripture. And what they're going through, what things that they're encountering, how to view that in such a way that the truth of God is upheld. Then there are those formal times. You got the, the informal times when you're, when you're riding down the road and the one-on-one time, I really enjoy the one-on-one time. I enjoy being able to speak to each one of them individually because then I can speak to whatever it is that they are going through, whether situations or circumstances or whatever, and and just let's talk about it and, and, and let's see what the Scripture says or how can we handle this the right way that God is honored. What things... So there's there's some some great things that can happen when you're speaking to them in, in that kind of an informal way. It wasn't planned, but you took opportunities to do it based on the situation, based on the time, based on the circumstance. And then there, there are those those formal times. When you're sitting in your houses, the times in which Maybe you're, you're having your meal time, the formal times that you have planned in order to teach your children and to have time of worship with them. You know, the scripture tells us in Psalm 87 that the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. And we talk about that verse. And we talk about how it emphasizes that the Lord's, the Lord's great delight When you have all the children of God coming together collectively for worship. And in that particular psalm, it's referring to the gates of Zion. When they're they're coming to the temple in order to worship. And it's the collective people of, of God that is coming. And the Lord delights in this more than all the dwellings of Jacob. But even though that is true, that does not minimize the importance of what is going on in all the dwellings of Jacob. Surely there is worship that is going on in all the dwellings of Jacob. The Lord delights when the saints come collectively, absolutely. But it's still occurring in all the dwellings of Jacob. You know, there's no one verse that speaks to family worship. That says, you must do this. There's not one. But are there implied verses? Yes. Yes. You think of Abraham and Isaac. Great examples of those that have studied on family worship. Abraham and Isaac. When, when Abraham is taking Isaac and he's going to go sacrifice him to the Lord. Even Isaac says, where's the sacrifice? Because he knew. It was something that they'd done. Sacrificing to the Lord in their time of worship. They knew this. He knew that. You take Job. Job. How Job would make sacrifices in the presence of his children. He would make sacrifices whenever they would gather together. Just in case one of them had sinned. There are passages of scripture that, that that the implied intent there is that there is worship going on in the home. Many implied texts of scripture that teach us that. And so there needs to be that time. That time of setting aside for your family in order to study the word of God. And as we have learned in our last study of going through family worship. That it is not to be considered family time. When you gather for, for this. It's not something that you refer to as family time. You can have family time later. This is time to worship the Almighty God. And so that's where our hearts need to be. And that's where our minds need to be focused when we do have this time. This is a time in which we as a small congregation within our family. You individually regardless of what your household looks like. Take time to worship God. Teach your children. If we don't teach our children, we're not preparing them for what they're going to face when they get out in the world out of, your, out of your home, out of your authority, out of your guidance. What are they going to face? What choices are they going to make? Sometimes it depends on what it is that we've taught them and what kind of a foundation that we have given them to understand what is truly right and what is truly wrong. To give them a true understanding of the very nature of God. This is right, and this is not. This is the next generation that is coming up. Eventually, we're all going to die off. Who's going to be next in order that continues to serve the Lord and teach the next generation? Those are the things we need to be thinking of. We need to be thinking in view of not just the here and the now. Of the things that we're able to do as a congregation or the fellowship that we have with one another. But we need to be thinking too long term. We need to be thinking the next generation that is coming up needs to be equipped. And they need to be taught. And the only way that that's going to happen is not just with the assistance of the church. But in the individual home. We need to teach our children to love the Lord. Teach our children how to love the Lord. To set examples for them that they can see the genuineness of your love and devotion for Christ. Not to see the opposite. The very thing I hate. I hate. I hate that saying, do as I say, not as I do. I heard that growing up. Not by that one. but I heard that the other one but I despise that because you know what it does it just teaches your children to be hypocrites that's all it does do as I say because I'm telling you right but I'm not willing to do it myself all it does is teach them to be hypocrites I despise that that saying, that statement. And I heard it a lot. That's no way to teach our children. We should be able to teach our children, and to some extent, I know it's a big responsibility, and it even gives me butterflies even to say it. But to some extent, we need to be able to tell them, follow me, because I'm following Christ. And that's a heavy responsibility and a heavy burden for sure, in one sense. Because it places that on you to be the example. But if we truly care for the next generation, if we we truly want to see the word of the Lord Lord, uh, to be evident in their lives and, and for their life in Christ to flourish in the coming days, who knows what things are coming down the pike. We don't know. But if it does get to the extent... Now being severe persecution, as we've talked about before, that is in other countries, it can very well happen here. Yes, this is America. Yes, this is supposed to be the land of the free, but there are other places that started out in similar fashion and ended up in, place, in, in a place that you never would have dreamed. And in view of the, the, I won't say necessarily the likelihood of that happening, but in view of the possibility of it happening, we should be even more diligent to teach the next generation. Because in the next couple couple generations, whenever it happens, if it happens, if those are the ones that are going to experience the martyrdom of so many that have occurred within church history, then they need to be settled in their faith. They need to know the Lord their God. So that in the time, perhaps, of their death in the coming generations, they can be like those of old and singing the Psalms as they are giving their life for Christ singing the praises of God as they are dying. We wouldn't have a clue what that's like. But you know what prepared those to endure such things? Is by knowing the Lord their God. Of being fully committed to Him, having a solid foundation in the Word of God that these things are true. So we need to be diligent in doing so. Moses <clears throat> He tells the people this. Teach your children. Teach your children at all times. Everywhere. These particular commandments. You bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontals on your forehead. Um, Many theologians are in agreement. That most likely he is not being literal here. But this is where the idea of phylacteries came from. Uh, They take a leather strap. And they put a little box. Either on their arm. Or... A headband with a little box around their foreheads and it has passages of scripture in it. Or the tassels of their garments, sometimes they would have a word or, or some kind of passage on it. Something like that, they, some took this very literally as it's seen in the New Testament. <clears throat> but it, it's, it's, it's conveying for us the, the undeviating observance of the divine commands. Keeping the commandments of God constantly before the eye, that's what's in view. To have it as a sign on your hand, as the frontals of your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. All of that. That the commandments of God, again, are constantly before your eyes. It's always in view. It's always in your mind. It's always something you're reflecting upon, is the idea. Why? Because what he said earlier, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. So that when it comes about that the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities, which you did not build and houses full of good things, which you did not fill and hewn cisterns, which you did not dig vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant and you eat and are satisfied, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery The reason why Moses is saying such things to the people. Teach your children. Take these truths and and bind them on your, your mind. Hide them in your heart. So that when the time comes of prosperity or wealth or whatever circumstances that come within life, we can throw in there that when they happen, you don't forget the Lord your God. Because in the day that you get at ease in Zion... As the scripture tells us, as the prophet says, woe to those who are at ease in Zion. What happens when you get at ease? What happens when everything is just going really well? Don't forget the Lord your God. When things are just going wrong and it's this thing and then it's this thing and there's so many things going wrong and it captures our minds and captures our attention that we're not thinking in in the way that we should in order to honor the Lord, then we just forget We don't consider the goodness of God. We don't consider the strength of God that is in us, that keeps us going. And the grace of God that's extended to us in our time of need, we forget. And his point is, keep these things hidden in your heart, always in view that you do not forget the Lord your God. Because in the day that you do, in the time that you forget, you're going to forget to pass them on to your children you're going to forget to explain to them and to show them even in time of difficulty, the grace of God is with us. The grace of God is carrying us through. It's easy to grow bitter and get angry and forget everything that you know to be true in order to indulge in whatever the situation is that's occurring. That's easy. It don't take strong people to do that takes a child of God to remember and reflect upon, even in my time of of, of pain, even in my time of trouble, my time of agony, God's grace is with me. And that's what you teach your children as they are viewing you, as they are seeing you, as they are seeing the other adults, knowing what it is that they are enduring in life. If it's difficult times that they look and they say, how is it that they can keep moving forward? How is it in such, in view of such tragedy, how can they keep moving forward? And then we say, because the grace of God is sufficient. For his power is perfected in my weakness. These are the things that we teach them. That we don't forget the Lord our God. And we teach them of what great, great grace can be extended to them when they focus themselves upon the Lord that they too don't forget in the days to come. But all of that is contingent upon us studying to show ourselves approved, on us hiding the word of the Lord in our hearts, and us teaching the next generations and putting in the time to do so. Are we going to fail in doing that? Absolutely. There are times when we should have family worship, that we haven't. There are times of failure. But just because there are times of failure don't mean that we give up altogether. We keep moving forward. We keep pressing forward because we should see the importance of what it is that we're doing. So let us not neglect what it is that we're called to do to show our children the genuineness of our faith, and the realness of Christ. Now, <clears throat> the question would come then, uh, at, least it did, at least it did for me, uh, what do we do? What things do we look at? What things do we study? And there have been many, <clears throat> many failures on my own part as to how to do this. Because one of the difficulties that I have, I have difficulty speaking to children of the deep things of God. Because I have a bad habit of the way I learn something is the way I regurgitate it. So sometimes there were times when my wife would be like, "Just hang on for just a second. And then she would explain it in such a way that the kids could understand, which was very beneficial for me. So sometimes there's trial and error. How does it happen? What do you do? And there are great resources. I'll, I'll share mine, and whoever would like to, to share theirs is more than welcome to do so. When we do our family worship, we all gather at the table. We begin with prayer, and I will have one of the kids to read, uh, depending on the length of the chapter, maybe a chapter, maybe half a chapter, whatever it is of what, it, what we are going over, and then we use this Family Worship Bible Guide by Joel Beakey, that it goes through every chapter of the Scripture, and it'll give like a little devotional of every chapter, a little summary of every chapter So that after you read that portion of Scripture, after you read that chapter, I'll have one of the others to read whatever is pertaining to that. We can talk about it. Trying to prepare beforehand, there's other things to add in and to explain, to expand upon, but this is kind of the jump start that will help us to get there. And so we use this often, the Family Worship Bible Guide by Reformation Heritage Books. A very, very useful tool. After we have our time of going through the Family Worship Bible Guide, after we talk about the passage, after we we explain things, we're bantering things back and forth, then I have two catechisms that I use. I use the catechism for boys and girls, uh, for Anna and Coda, and then... The Baptist Confession of Faith and Catechism, the 1689, London Baptist Confession and Catechism, which is for Anna too, and the older ones as well. So we will take a couple of the the questions in here, we'll ask the question, and I'll just randomly ask different ones, you know, the answer uh, to whatever question and in the, uh, the Boys and Girls Catechism, is very, it's very simple, but it teaches the children the truths of God. Like question one is, who made you? Answer, God made me. You know, what else did God make? God made all things. Why did God make you in all things? For his own glory. These are things that, that teach them uh, of all these things. And, and um, why ought you to glorify God? Because he made me and takes care of me. And how many persons does this one God exist? In three persons. Who are they? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It goes on and on and on. Uh, It is a great tool. Teaching the children of the truths of God. And then, of course, the 1689 London Baptist Confession and Catechism. We mainly focus in on the catechism a little bit more than we do on the confession. Question one, for example... Who is the first and chiefest being? Answer, God is the first and chiefest being. Uh, how do we know that there is a God? The light of nature and man and the works of God plainly de- declare there is a God. But his word and spirit only do it fully and effectually for the salvation of sinners. What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. There's passages of scripture there that you can look up uh, that pertain to each one of these. Now, one thing that I don't do, I did before, it didn't work out well. So the thing that I do now is I don't expect them to read or to give me the answer verbatim for what these are saying. I want them to tell me the answer, yes. But to tell me the exactness that is written here, no, I don't do that. But after we, we read the catechisms, we'll do some question and answers and all of that. Um, often asking you know what things that they would like to pray about and then we will have our time of family prayer and we're done uh, there's been times uh, one time in particular here recently that uh, we use one of R.C. Sproul's books that is geared towards the children, uh, this is one called uh, the Lightlings uh, there's the other one uh, the Poison Cup, the Priest with Dirty Clothes, I think Paul you have you guys actually have a lot of these don't you Paul you got a few of them, don't? yeah and Paul can show you some of those. They're great books by R.C. Sproul, one of the greatest theologians of our day. And the, the accounts of them are teaching biblical truths uh, that are just so applicable to the children to give them a, a picture, a clearer picture sometimes of what we ourselves can explain. So these are some great tools. I'll set mine down here. Uh, would anybody want to come up and share theirs? Yep, Paulie. You want to come up here or do you want to stand down there? Okay, well I'll just, I'll just stay up here. (laughs) We make good use of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> into the sermon hall.
1: (laughs)
2: because <laughs> I've got the patience.
1: got some people.
2: ideology. any song about water I mean, that's why we, you know there's just a handful of songs that we do but the one that we did tonight came out of our list you know so we do a handful of songs that's, you know we do we do our singing and then after that we have a, a prayer and then one of the boys we do is that really so they can be yeah they can be coached into it or <laughs> that's it and like I said I'll leave I'll leave this material here you know check
0: thank you all and, and uh, like like these guys are saying it's not it's not anything very difficult, and this can be done regardless of what your family looks like 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 Paul said, it's not just for the kids, it's for the adults, so regardless of what your family looks like this this is something that that needs to be done as well within your home so these are going to be up here, and you, you know grab them up, look through them uh you know. Talk to them, ask questions, whatever you need. But these are things that we do need to be doing in our family for not just the sake of the children. I know there was a lot of emphasis on them tonight. But for the sake of our own selves to nourish, nourish our, ourselves in between the time that we're gathered here on Sunday and Wednesday. We need to be nourishing our souls uh, much more often than just two times a week. <clears throat> so these will be up here. And and we'll be dismissed, and you're welcome to come up and, and check them out. Um, let's all stand together. <clears throat> Paul, will you close us in prayer?